Okay, good morning everybody. You're very welcome to what is Irish Agroforestry's second farm walk. Last week uh, we had one in uh, Slane. So this is the start. Late last year there was a farm walk in Hedford in County Galway. A farmer there hosted us in his field and showed us his example of agroforestry. Agroforestry is a combination of trees and grazing or silage. So it's a combination of having trees and grass on the same block of land. Agroforestry promises to be the answer to some farmers' fears in relation to taking land out of agricultural use to grow trees. Liam Kelly is a Chagask forestry advisor working in the Midlands and he tells us what to expect from the farm walk. The idea is to show how agroforestry works, what's the, the process involved in getting the site established, what kind of ground is suitable and what species and what to expect as well. There's a lot of uh, elements involved. Each tree has to be planted. They're normally 90 to 120 centimetres in height. Individual broadleaf trees, they're bare-rooted trees so you plant in the off-season or the dormant season and each tree then is individually protected by a tree guard as well. So, um I'm going to pass you on over now to Jim and, and then we have some of the input from uh, uh, the department here but also... Jim McAdam is one of the pioneers of agroforestry. He's been at it for the past 30 years, working with the Department of Agriculture in the UK and based in Armagh. We really thought about looking across the whole of the UK as it was then uh, to see how could we introduce trees onto farming systems. Now. In Northern Ireland we had particular problems because our farms were a lot smaller, our average farm size then was about 26, 27 hectares and the chances of getting farmers to give up land and put it into forestry, to take a hectare or two out of a 27 acre farm that somebody's trying to make a living from was just a no-go for a lot of people. So we really tried to think outside the box and we looked at all other ways, novel ways we could get trees onto farms. And we like the look of this model from New Zealand, South Island New Zealand in particular, this idea of agroforestry, where they had particular problems with soil erosion following heavy grazing, and they were planting pines, Pinus radiata, at wide spacings and letting animals graze between them. And that was stabilising the soil, and at the same time they were able to manage the tree the, uh, and the pasture and the livestock with them. Jim McAdam and his team approached their research into agroforestry with scientific rigour and established replicate plots right across the UK and recorded data in relation to many different variables and situations. So in other words, the, the sort of findings that I'm going to talk to you about are verified from all of those sites so therefore, it works. We showed really that the system was delivering the benefits we were talking about. Agroforestry suits sheep farmers, poultry farmers and dairy and beef farmers under certain management conditions, which we'll hear more about later. And it's also maybe it's an introduction to forestry to some as well. Maybe some people uh, don't want to maybe go fully into fully commercial forestry so agroforestry is a halfway house it, it gives the opportunity where people may be able to um, have both agriculture and forestry on the same piece of ground with agroforestry trees are planted to a density of 400 stems per hectare uh, whereas with forestry it's normally at two and a half thousand stems per hectare with conifers or 3300 with broadleaves a mineral type soil is best 
and that's to achieve the optimum growth of broadleaf trees planted under this scheme. This is normally oak, maybe up to 60% oak, but you can also have other species such as sycamore or cherry, or even, indeed you allowed up to 15% uh, nut species. And it's grant-aided by the Department of Agriculture. There's a grant, uh, three quarters of that grant is paid in year one and the other quarter is paid four years later. The, the full grant level is €6,220 per hectare. So that's the initial setup grant. And then there's an annual premium paid for five years. Um, the, five, the normal um, premium scheme is normally paid for 15 years, but for agroforestry it's paid for five years. And uh, that's at the rate of €645, Euro, €645 per hectare. So let's hear the stories of Jim's research in agroforestry over the last 30 years. So we planted the the trees and we found that, yes, the system worked, first of all. The farmer could manage all the grassland operations. We did some care and we did some attention to trees, but some pruning, but I say we could have been better. But no matter anyway, at least we showed that livestock could benefit and with, with no negative effect on the livestock at all. Indeed, we would argue that it's positive uh, from the point of view of animal welfare, from the point of view of, of just the, the, the shade and shelter and the benefits that the trees brought. So the trees grew, grew well, and of course at this type of spacing, gradually the canopy started to close. Now, the predictions were that after about five or six years, grass growth would start, if we looked at computer models of grass growth and shading, that the the grass yield would start to go down. But it didn't. We found that um, grass, number one, grass was much more tolerant to shade than we'd previously had experience of. But secondly, we think also, we were measuring the output in terms of sheep performance and sheep output, sheep actual output. And we found that we managed to get full sheep output comparing the agroforestry with the open grass for 12 years before sheep production started to decline. Now we put a lot of that down to the sort of physiological and just welfare benefits of the trees and the animals. The interaction of trees and animals was, and we had cattle in the system after about year five or six. We had open days like this and we got some interest from farmers, but nearly every single farmer who came said the one thing they liked about this system was flexibility because none all of them said we would be nervous about planting woodland or trees on our farm because that's the land tied up for 50 years or 60 years that's it out of my farm but this system they said you know after 12 years you were able to make a decision and change you could either decide to thin out some of the trees let the light in let the grass pick up again and sheep production continue or if you wanted to keep trees if you wanted to you know build up the, 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 your, your timber reserves or whatever you could simply let the tree canopy develop and let good trees develop on it and they liked the ability to make that decision after 12 years so we, we decided to thin the trees at 12 we took a quarter of them out harvested them uh, we got about a thousand euro a hectare for them because they were hurley quality ash that we removed and they were very good quality ash they said so that was a, a nice little cash benefit to the landowner at that stage four years after that at year 16 we're now up into the uh, trees plant of 1990 so we're now into sort of 2006 we harvested and we harvest another quarter of the trees approximately so we now have about 200 odd trees per hectare and a system a bit like this with 
about 80% grass production under that and, and uh, uh, able to manage that as grassland and it's still part of the, the farm grass and it's still part, part of the, the, the total of grass on the farm so the farmer can manage that agroforestry in its normal rotation of grassland. The options that agroforestry brings to farmers must be hugely attractive, especially when compared with the traditional forestry approaches of dedicating chunks of land to trees and only trees for two growth cycles. But is agroforestry a solution for everybody? I'm not saying that every, you know, we cover the whole country in agroforestry. We'll never do that. But we feel on most farms there is a, ro- a place for say 5% of your land or something. Mainly, and, and if, let's think about the, the, the grassland sector, let's think about the fer- fairly intensive dairy and beef farmer um, who is looking for a way maybe to extend the length of the grazing season to utilise their grass better. If they had a couple of paddocks or fields of, of silver pasture and then they save that to the end of the season till say November time and then put their animals in there because that will carry the stock on that extra couple of months out, outside uh, that could fit in with their general grazing pattern and if they want you can cut silage between the trees uh, you can produce grass between it uh, if you then move into sort of more marginal maybe the suckler beef fa- farmer on more marginal land we think the benefits there are uh, you can help improve the quality of the soil, you can help improve the, the drainage characteristics, but th- that the system can fit in well. Once again, a small part of the farm, we're not saying that anybody's going to put their whole farm into silver pasture, well they might, but it's not likely and that, that's not what we're after. So it fits in there. The sheep farmer, no problem, particularly the marginal and upland sheep farmer, very good examples of agroforestry. But also, like the horticulture sector, uh, a lot of benefits of growing, of, of mixing fruit trees with bushes, with, with uh, ground fruit, uh, with soft fruit, uh, lots of benefits of the mixing and interaction. of, And that's agroforestry as well, where you have a, a tree crop and you have a crop on the ground benefiting each other. So for that, poultry farmers we've talked about today, pig farmers as well. Pigs do well in this scenario. Every farmer could find an option within it that I think is sort of ticking a lot of the boxes of the challenges we have today. And one of the major challenges that humanity now faces is climate change. How do we keep the carbon in the ground so that it doesn't get into the atmosphere and warm the planet? Trees are great at sucking the carbon out of the air anyway, but the combination of trees and grass together is even better. You're getting the, the carbon sequestration benefit from the trees, but not just from the trees, but what's happening in the soil below. Because when our soil scientists looked at where that carbon was actually been stored in the ground, we found that surprisingly there was not much difference in the total amount of carbon below the ground in the silver pasture as in the grassland or indeed in the woodland. But what they did find was that the carbon, in, and by then that was a 20 six-year-old silvopastoral system, the carbon there was bound on much tinier soil particles, significantly tinier than in the, the, uh, the grassland. And that carbon is much more recalcitrant, you say, it's much more tightly bound and is much less likely to be lost to the atmosphere as carbon dioxide. So 
the, the form that the carbon is stored in under silver pasture uh, is uh, really a good form. In other words, it's, it's very, very resilient or tightly bound into the soil. We measured all the biodiversity benefit, more birds, beetles, and earthworms significantly. I had a student looked at the sort of earthworm content. And under silver pasture, we were getting significantly more earthworms than in grassland and in uh, your conventional woodland as well. The other big selling point that silver pasture has is extending the length of the grazing season. If you look, we have over the last three winters now, we have looked at measured soil moisture on our silver pasture compared to grass. And we're finding on average over those three years, we've got about a 13 week extension in the length of time we can keep animals out on pasture. That's about nine, ten, usually nine, 10 weeks in autumn, three or four weeks in spring. Now that can have a huge effect on your ammonia output. It can have a, a, a huge effect on your grass utilization. Um, because it, as we know, well our big issue certainly in the north and I think in the south too is ammonia. How do we reduce the levels of ammonia from livestock grazing systems? And the longer animals are in a house, the more ammonia they, they're, they're producing. Uh, whenever they dung and urine mixes and you get slurry. Whereas if animals are grazing, they only produce about 6% of the ammonia that they produce whenever they're inside. So if you can keep your animals out for three months longer, you're obviously having a significant effect on your ammonia emission. So we believe it's not the only solution to ammonia problem, but it's certainly a natural plant-based way that you, it can help to address the issue by keeping animals out. And simply the effect of the trees, we measured the, the percolation of water down through the soil below them. And because we have like a 30-year-old system, we could use a the special probe you can go down that's measured percolation right down. And we measured 76 centimetres down below the ground. The soil was significantly more porous in the agroforestry than in the open grassland. Um, and that means that with climate change, we're going to get heavier bursts of rainfall. We're going to get flash floods. And if you have a soil that is compacted or does not let the water away, you're going to get problems. Whereas uh, under the silver pasture, we found the water is just getting away or it's slowly percolating into the soil. The soil is holding it better. And that's what's the reason why we're able to keep grazing uh, animals longer in the season and get them on earlier. And that's, so that's having a, a, a significant impact. And that's what's interesting. Policy people that are trying to come up with uh, solutions or uh, options anyway, to make livestock farming more sustainable in the sort of climate challenge that we face. Do want, well, do we want to take some questions, please? Happy to, of course. There are many questions for Jim, some about the behaviour of the animals in relation to trees, others about mixing trees with tillage, questions on spacing of the trees in the plot. You no, know, you don't have to plant rows, straight rows of trees. And the all-important question of integrating cattle in the system. The whole issue is tree protection and there are guards out now, cactus guards, which are sort of spiky wire things you can wrap around. Now, they are expensive but if we started making them locally, they mightn't be so expensive and they're reusable. But the idea is that we have to have a system that cattle can start, you know, come in right from the start. If you're doing the rotational grazing, then it's not such a big issue, you know. And as you say, just run the electric wire down, it works well. 
Eugene Curran is the District Forestry Inspector with the Department of Agriculture. He explains that 19 farmers are currently in receipt of agroforestry grants and that there are 71 applications in the system. And the process is being refined and reviewed as it evolves. The way you apply for this current scheme is you go through a registered forester which you can get um, by looking up the department's website and you'll see a list of registered foresters and they will come out and they'll look at the land and put in an application. Now if you want to go for groups or if you want to go for rows or if you want to go for individual trees at five by five meter spacing then they are things that we can look at on a site by site basis. So every site is different and every owner will probably have a different objective. What we're trying to look for at the moment is land that doesn't need uh, drainage, additional drainage, uh, good mineral soil. It doesn't have to be flat, but it just has to be well well drained so that tractors or whatever can get in and out if you need to take silage off. Uh, I know that the trees will eventually further help the drainage. Um, And as this lady was asking about the roots, I mean... The, the great thing about the roots being driven down is that it helps the water to go down further through the soil horizons and it's so where by the time it reaches aquifers and water courses uh, it's clean and this is the big thing for the department as you know and you see it and you read it in the press and the media every day there's a huge emphasis now on environmental measures to try and produce our food in a more sustainable way to clean up the air to clean up our water to clean up the way we do things and that is why agroforestry and all the work that Jim has put in over the years to 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 get agroforestry off the ground now I think is the time where agroforestry will will really be well positioned to help achieve some of those goals. Clive Bright is a farmer who is involved in the Agroforestry Forum and he hopes that down the line the scheme will allow him to use agroforestry to meet his needs within his farming system. A lot of that is um, using trees to improve the the soil function and the water cycling in the soil on poorer ground or on slopes or on brushier, heavier soil that the trees will repair that and uh, repair the, those water cycles and improve pasture and kind of eradicate rushes in that way so that's kind of currently uh, doesn't doesn't uh, suit the objectives of the scheme but i think in the future they will yeah and what do you farm uh beef beef yeah organic organic beef yeah yeah Um, and have you got any idea of what trees you're going to plant i know yeah uh, they'll be very site specific of quite a dynamic plan of um of different kind of applications of tree planting as well in in some of the worst areas that are uh, dominated by rush uh, we we plan to plant quite thickly almost at forestry space and initially with kind of pioneer trees of birch and alder then thinning those out to an agroforestry as the the soil starts to improve and the the water infiltration and percolation starts to improve one of probably the biggest um advantages I see throughout the farm is doubling the amount of photosynthesis that happens on the farm so you have the whole pasture layer but then you have the tree layer above and together with that you have all sorts of welfare benefits for the cattle that um, when there's adverse weather or even very hot weather that they're not seeking shade that there's shade and shelter throughout the farm 
and that's got productive benefits as well in that rather than them all huddling under a hedge looking for protection they're still out grazing in the fields so there's there's no break in their kind of grazing as well so it's got all those productive benefits and um, there's also potential extra browse and cattle will will quite readily eat lots of leaves of trees and there's a whole array of different uh, minerals and trace minerals that may not get from the grass at certain times of year so you're you're providing all those things to your livestock as well so there's huge benefits across the board. If you're interested in finding out more about agroforestry then contact your local Chagask forestry advisor or check out the Irish Agroforestry Forum. Here's an interesting fact about trees. Trees improve water quality. As rain falls to the earth, it is slowed and filtered by trees, helping it soak into the soil. Trees then serve as a natural sponge, collecting and filtering rainwater and releasing it slowly into the streams and rivers. They also prevent the soil from eroding into our waterways reduce runoff and lessen flood damage. Trees from seed to sawdust is funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine as part of the Woodland Support Project.